You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. I am Seth Peterson. I am Debbie Hedren. I'm Rhonda Schwartz. I'm Doris Roberts. This is Jesslyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webb. Hi, this is Charlotte Ross. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. What's up, you guys? This is AJ from the Backstreet Boys. Hi, this is Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talking Pets. Talking Pets. Talking Pets. And you're listening to Talking Pets. Talking Pets. Talking Pets. With John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talking Pets with John Patch. Hello, America, and welcome to Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. And welcome to Talkin' Pets, heard coast-to-coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talkin' Pets, and I'm John Patch. Joining us from Wellswood Animal Hospital out of Tampa Bay, Florida, is Dr. Adriana O. Here to answer your medical questions and your behavior questions. The number is 844-305-7800. When you call into that number, you'll speak with Ben at the network, and he'll put you on the line with us. That's 844-305-7800. The show is produced here at the farm by the ever-so-lovely and talented Miss Lexi Lapp. Hi, John. Hi, Lexi. Hi. This book that we're going to be talking about is right up your alley. I know. I can't wait. We have a special guest going to be joining us in the next half hour or so. He is the author of Good Dog, Happy Baby, Preparing Your Dog for the Arrival of Your Child, a complete guide by Michael Wambacher. And we're going to be talking with him about his book and giving a couple of copies away as well. So stay tuned for that. But once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Lexi Lapp. And this is Talkin' Pets. you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Lexi Lapp. We welcome your calls and questions at 844-305-7800. That's 844-305-7800. And I want to welcome on to the program right now the author of Good Dog, Happy Baby. I want to welcome on Michael Wambacher. Hey, Michael, how you doing? Welcome to Talkin' Pets. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on with us, and I think we had an appropriate song there to open up with. <laughs> and, uh, and i got to tell you right off the bat, in all the years that I've done um, Talking Pets, hosted this program, which is going on 26, maybe 27 years now, um, I haven't seen a lot of books come across my desk 
that deal with Good Dog Happy Baby. We've talked about the subject of bringing a baby home for all these years, but I don't see too many books on it, actually. So when I saw this, I was like, oh, this is a giver. And um, and more so even because Lexi, our producer here, just had a baby about six months ago. Yep. And um, actually, wow. Carson, he's here with us, actually, at the studio. And um, so I know she's going to have questions for you, Michael. <laughs> okay, great. Well, you know, just to your point, I mean, you know, I, I wrote a self-published version of this book many years ago, 18 years ago, uh, when I had, after a couple of incidents with clients where they had ended up having to rehome the dog because of the baby. They just had done no preparation, didn't think about it. And then I looked around and I saw, I discovered exactly what you just said, that there was, other than one little booklet, there was really no integrated information about this very important subject. And that really hasn't changed until... You know, hopefully now with my book, but even in books like, you know, What to Expect When You're Expecting, some of the big pregnancy books, which are like 500 pages, there's like there's like four paragraphs on this. And, uh, you know, considering the number of dogs that end up rehomed because of because there's a baby suddenly in the picture, I mean, that's, uh, that's just surprising. Anyway, so I decided to fill that niche, and hopefully I'll be successful at doing so. Now, am I saying you're, are you last name correctly? Is it Wambacher? Yeah. Okay. And, Michael, the one question that I have right off the bat is, um, you know, in regards to this book and everything like that, and some of the questions I have are probably going to be even personal as well, as I'm sure Lexi's will, to, will too, but is it easier, first off, to, well, first a little bit about you. You're from San Francisco, correct? Well, I'm not from there, but yeah, I've been living there for many years, yeah. And you're, you're a dog trainer out there in San Francisco. Correct, for the last okay. 21 years. 21 years. Oh, wow, long time. So, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. So I'm sure you know your P's and Q's about you know dog training. So, and you've written the book "Good Dog, Happy Baby," and um, which is, like I said, probably one of the most important books out there. It's by New World Library. Um, and is this book available in bookstores and online? Yes, definitely. It's on all the major outlets: Amazon, Barnes and Noble, you know, book, local bookstores, and easy to get. I I want to ask you: Do you think, in your opinion? Is it easier to have a dog and bring home a baby versus have a baby and bring home a dog? Uh, you know, I don't think I could make that call. I just There are so many variables affecting that that it's, it's kind of impossible to say, you know. I mean, I think sometimes when I see, like, a mom with a two-year-old kid and then she decides she wants to get a puppy, I'm just like, wow, what are you thinking? That's just a lot of work. You know, two-year-olds are just a 24-7, uh, you know, time sink. The terrible and then you want to put a puppy in that. But people do it, and, you know, they're successful at it. So, uh, And, you know, that can work out fantastic. It can create problems, and, and the other way around as well. So I, I, I can't really make a call on that one, to be honest with you. Okay, then I'll, I, let me give you a scenario. Um, my, my nephew, actually, uh, like I said, I was going to go down that road a little bit, but my, my nephew was looking at a puppy. And How old is it your is, nephew? My nephew is 20, 28. Oh, oh, okay, he's an adult. Okay. He's twenty eight years old. Um, and him and his uh partner, she and, and she and he have a uh, have two kids, and mm -hmm. one is going on two, one's going on four, maybe five now, mm -hmm. and um, so he was looking at this puppy and he wanted my opinion, which I didn't. I don't think I gave him everything he wanted to hear. Put it that way. But he, he, the puppy was found on, in a box on the side of the road with some other puppies. And they were pit bulls. Um, and by the looks of them, purebred pit bulls. And so he wanted to adopt the dog. 
but the thing was is that you know i have nothing against personally against pit bulls i think they're great dogs if trained correctly and um knowing their heritage and that was the thing that i said with him he has no idea where this dog came from um you know doesn't know the parents doesn't know the grandparents knows nothing about the dog um kind of wanted to get the dog based on the fact that some of his friends have them and I said, you got to look at your household, you got to look at your home insurance, and you also have to look at the fact that you have two little kids in your house. Am I correct, or am I wrong? What's your opinion on that? Well, I mean, I think all the things you said are correct. I mean, I think the question behind that, I mean, there's a few questions behind that, right? Is, uh, is it, first of all, is it, is it smart to bring a pit bull into a house with a couple of young kids? And I would say, I, I wouldn't necessarily say no at all. I think pits, the nice thing about pits is that they're... Uh, generally very friendly outgoing outgoing exuberant and they can handle the kind of you know punishment that kids can dish out they're tough they're robust mm-hmm. they're friendly and all that you know uh so that kind of makes them a, a, a good candidate i mean look this, these are generalizations i mean within the pit uh category there are so many different types of personalities you know that it's hard to make you know complete gross generalizations but I wouldn't, I, you know, I wouldn't say, oh, it's a pit, no way, don't put it around kids. I mean, I know lots of people who have lovely pit bulls, and again, they're great. The, the great thing about them is they're tough. They can handle all kinds of stuff that kids dish out. So that's, you know, they're athletic and strong. And, you know, what's your, <laughs> what's your opinion, though, about the heritage of the parents and the grandparents? I mean, because I hear mixed, mixed reviews on that. You know, the closer they are to fighting lines, the more problematic it all gets, obviously. And there's no way to know that for sure. You know, the problem right. with pits is the fighting lines are alive. And, well, a lot of the other uh, former sort of pit-fighting dogs, like boxers, English bulldogs, you know, they've, you know, since the late 1800s, when uh, that sort of, you know, blood sport was outlawed in England, aficionados of those breeds, you know, have bred the temperament down and softened them up. So now boxers, uh, uh, English bulldogs, and other breeds are just, fantastic nice dogs the problem with pits is they're still being fought and you don't know where your dna is coming from right so uh, you know when you know nothing about the background of the dog the only information you get is just by watching as the dog develops right and, and that's important um, hold michael hold on to that thought we got to take a little sure. break we're going to come back with michael wambacher yes. the book is called good dog happy baby it's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Oh, I guess they'll never know How a young heart, how it really feels And why I love her so And they called it puppy love and you're listening to Talking Pets. Once again, I'm John Patch. Dr. O. I'm Lexi Lapp. 
Pick up the phone and give us a call. We want to talk to you, of course, about your pets. The number is 844-305-7800. And we're speaking, of course, with Michael Wombacher. He is the author of Good Dog, Happy Baby, Preparing Your Dog for the Arrival of Your Child. It's a complete guide. And we were talking in... You know, I was getting some personal advice off of Michael regarding my nephew and all, and I think that helps a little bit. And I want to ask you, Michael, though, how do you evaluate, actually, in your opinion, like, how do you identify any problems that could persist with a dog when you're bringing it home before the baby? Like, if the dog's there and before the baby comes home, how do you identify any problems that could happen? Well, this is something I, you know, actually, this can maybe sound a little self-promoting. Actually, on my website, there's a free PDF download. It's like 22 questions you can ask. Right now, you know, let's say you just found out you're pregnant, you got, you know, a lot of time. Just a bunch of questions you can ask yourself to see if this is going to be a problem. But, I mean, some obvious ones would be, you know, how does your dog generally feel about kids? A lot of dogs are just weirded out by kids. They don't like kids. And uh, the other one, I think the, the single biggest reason people end up rehoming their dogs is because the dogs are sensitive and fearful of the kind of handling that kids can dish out, which includes crawling, being crawled up on, being grabbed, being hugged, being cornered being uh, you know all that kind of baby like stuff that's the number one reason so i would the first place i would look is how does your dog feel about just being handled is your dog does your dog have certain health issues is he geriatric or she um how does your dog generally respond to novelty to new things in the environment does she respond with uh you know over crazy exuberance and just bouncing off the walls which could be problematic or is she shy and afraid and terrified, which is a whole other set of problems, or she completely, you know, uh, nonchalant about the whole thing. You know, those are the kind of main things. I mean, generally, I ask people to think about all the things they, you know, are going to need to change in the life of their dog when the baby comes, structurally and in every other way, and start to implement those changes before the baby arrives, so the dog has no way of associating those changes, you know, to the degree that it views those changes as negative. Uh, with the child. That's, you know, anyway, those are just sort of some key points right there. And you mentioned your website, so people can, like, check that out. What What is your website, actually? It's gooddoghappybaby.com, and um, the first thing when they go there is they'll be asked, hey, you know, do you want to, uh, you know, be on my mailing list there? And there's a free uh, PDF that they can, that they'll download. They give me their, uh, their email. They get a nice, uh, PDF with these 22 uh, questions that they can think through. It'll just help them to frame uh, how to think about the whole subject. And um, uh, very soon, in the next couple of weeks or so, I'll be putting uh, the, the beginnings of a video course on there for pe- that people can can also participate in and download. And that's uh, you know, it's the first of about a dozen courses that I'm going to put regarding different you know pieces of this issue that people can then download and uh, uh, view and. You know, it's also be very uh, integrated and in-depth. Um, well, like I said, so. I mean, the book Good Dog, Happy Baby is an important book to put out there. Um, I don't really, like I said, I don't see a lot of them, and I know we're going to give a couple of them away, and let's do one now. So the, the, the second call that comes in to Ben, our producer, at 844-305-7800, 844-305-7800 is going to get a complimentary copy of Good Dog, Happy Baby by Michael Wambacher. And like I said, it's put out, um, you can find it in bookstores, and you can also find it online, and I would imagine on his website as well, which is gooddoghappybaby.com. It's put out by New World Library, but you'll get a complimentary copy right now if you call 844-305-7800, 844-305-7800. 
Okay, so the scenario, Michael, baby comes home and um, say, baby Johnny comes home. <laughs> Johnny's in the crib and all the dog wants to do is bark at the baby. How do you alleviate that? Well, like I said, it would, I mean, the first thing is, I mean, sometimes you can't tell that these things are going to happen. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to deal with barking and stuff like that. The main thing is to try to develop, I mean, if the dog's barking, that means he's weirded out by something. So then we need to make the dog comfortable with the baby by basically coupling the presence of the baby with things that the dog finds fun or interesting. So that could be treats, it could be uh, certain games the dog likes to play or whatever. But the, but the main thing is to connect the presence of the baby to something fun and rewarding for the dog and to make it less and less novel and more and more part of it. So uh, the barking would be more of a symptom, of, you know, the larger would be a, a symptom of a larger problem, which is this general lack of ease around the baby. So that's you know, I would attra- uh, address the lack of ease, um, you know, more than the barking itself. I mean, the dog's barking at the baby. You know, initially you can just remove the dog from the scene. But uh, but the deeper issues is why is the dog so worked up? i got to ask you, in terms of, like, some people and some trainers will say that in a household, family members, human family members versus dog members... Um, there's not necessarily a pack rule or an alpha. Some people will say that. Do you do you think there is an alpha rule there? And where would the baby kind of take place in that pack rule? That's uh, a loaded question. Um, the whole the whole question of so-called alpha dog and all that it's a very controversial subject in the world of dog training these days. There are there are a number of trainers who will say, well, social status plays absolutely no role in uh, you know the dog place in your house and the way it perceives itself and it relates to you. So I completely disagree with that uh, for various reasons. I'm actually writing a book about that subject. But at the same time, uh, the, you know, this whole idea that dogs function like wolves in a wolf pack, and supposedly that wolf pack is, is structured like this dominance hierarchy, you know, where there's a top dog and everybody else has got to be submissive to that top dog and all the other dogs are trying to claw their way to the top. I mean, that just isn't the case uh, either. So the truth is somewhere in between. So, yeah, you want to be, what I always say is you want to provide a context of structure, guidance, and authority where you play the lead role. But that doesn't mean that we would use dated notions, you know, that would lead us to do things like alpha roles and just basically physically forcing the dog to submit over and over and over again in just these kind of, you know, physically harsh ways. That's, that's dated and not helpful. It's certainly not helpful when you're bringing a baby into the house. But leadership and social structure and status are definitely relevant to dogs. And like I, I, mean, I could go on for an hour about this, so I'll spare you, but, um, but uh, I, it just is not true that that doesn't play a role, and that's what some people uh, you know, will want to argue. What would be your number one advice to somebody bringing home a baby, though? What would be the first thing out of your lips with a dog at home? Uh, I think uh, I think the first thing that out of my mouth would be what I said a little while ago is that the, the second, the smartest single thing that you can do is the second you find out you're pregnant, uh, ask yourself what needs to change in the life of your dog when that baby shows up, and start to make those changes now, and then assess your dog. You know, how is he going to handle? Is she going to handle those changes? And to the degree that we see tension points there, that's going to reveal where we need to work. So if the dog, for example, is going to need to have to spend some more time alone than it's used to because it's been the center of attention and there are issues with separation anxiety, then we want to deal with that. But we want to, the main thing is ask yourself those questions now and start pushing into it. Um, and pinpoint find the, out what the problem could be. 
Hold on, Michael. Michael, hold on. We're going to take a little break. We'll come back back with Michael Wambacher. He's the author of Good Dog, Happy Baby. The number is 844-305-7800. If you've got a question or a comment, 844-305-7800. Call now, and a book is yours. This is Talking Pets. The young lady from the rescue delivered happy, and I panicked. She was missing hair, stinky, scabby, and I thought, what did I get us into? The cause of his issue was poor nutrition. It was neglect. The other owners didn't care enough about him to give him the nutrition he needed. But I have a vet that I trust, and she recommended Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I ordered the first 90-day supply, and within a couple weeks, his skin started clearing up. He didn't smell. He had more energy. He just had a glow and a bounce about him. We've been using Dinovite for the last year, and Happy the Rescue Dog is Happy the Healthy Dog. I tell all my friends who have rescues to give their dog the chance at a new start with Dinovite. It's going to pay off for you and your dog for years to come. 859 428 Looking for the best advice on pet health, safety, and travel? Connect with the Pet Lady. Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady, will surely be in a city near you real soon. She will be spreading the good news for pets and pet lovers from tips on dog and cat care, pet industry trends, and the best events for you and your four-legged family members. Need a great gift idea or insights on the hottest pet gadgets? Simply follow the Pet Lady on Twitter at Pet Lady World. You can also learn more at the Pet Lady at thepetlady.net. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. In life, we often have the chance to love so few. A love evolved, whether old or new. We experience the feelings that love may bring, that sometimes saddens, but mostly makes our hearts sing. Unconditional love is such a rare find, but when it occurs, it is the true tie that binds. We surround ourselves with this love from our pet, and hold on to the memories to never forget. But we all have loved our furry friends, and have dealt with their loss in the end. We never believe this love can be found again, always thinking that the last was them. We are often afraid to open our hearts to the truth of losing another part. The senses we feel when this love is past, we believe in our hearts will forever last. Remember to cherish the memories for our pets pass on, never closing our hearts to a bright new dawn. For life continues from day to day and beams in our souls like the sun's warm ray. For even though we feel such loss, cherish the great moments and the bad then toss. And keep open to the new arrival of a different furry friend that may look somewhat different and confusing to comprehend. Life will continue and grow into a new start, and will again feel this unconditional love in our heart. So never close yourself off to the new possibilities of a newfound love. Instead, let your heart soar to the immaculate heavens above. For in this life there are new futures, that include every one of God's loving creatures. So never treat the loss of the ones we've loved as the final end, but rather cherish the thoughts and open our hearts to a new furry friend.
And once again, you are listening to Talking Pets. We welcome your calls and questions at 844-305-7800. If you'd like to get a complimentary copy of the book, Good Dog, Happy Baby, Preparing Your Dog for the Arrival of Your Child by Michael Wombacker, give us a call right now at 844-305-7800, and the book is yours. By the way, you can find out more information about the show, who's coming on the show, like Dr. O and uh, Lexi's producing today, and I'm always here. I never take a Saturday off hardly. But um, So you can find out information about that and everything else uh, by going to our website, which is TalkinPets.com, T-A-L-K-I-N, Pets.com, TalkinPets.com. And by the way, when you're there, join us on Facebook. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and hello. The icons are right there at the top of the homepage, and you can uh, join us and find out more information even more so by joining us on Facebook and Twitter. But again, give us a call at 844-305-7800. We're speaking with Michael Wambacher, the author of Good Dog, Happy Baby. This is Talkin' Pets. Hi, this is recording artist Christine W., and you're listening to my friend John Patch right here on Talking Pets. And this is Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. Oh, I'm Lexi Lapp. 844-305-7800. We're speaking with the author of uh, Good Dog, Happy Baby, uh, Preparing Your Dog for the Arrival of Your Child. It's a complete guide by Michael Wambacher. And like I said, if you'd like to get a copy of the book, we're giving away a complimentary copy at 844-305-7800, 844-305-7800. And a couple more questions um, for you, Michael, is... um. What do you do in the in the instance where all of a sudden you got a dog that doesn't necessarily like children, and here you are having a baby, and you're going to bring the baby home? How do you rectify that? Well, basically, you uh, and this is this whole little video course that I just finished is all about this, which has to do with systematic desensitizing. You have to sort of break down the behaviors that trigger the dog or make them anxious, and then start getting them used to it in slow, tiny increments by coupling it with something. Uh, you know, that they really like, usually some kind of treat. So, you know, if the dog's afraid of being, you know, having his sides pinched, then we start slowly working that, you know, produce that sensation, give the dog a reward, and just and keep upping the ante. There's a whole, you know, sort of art and science systematic desensitizing that slowly gets the dog used to whatever it is that they're, uh, that they're worried about. They're being desensitized, so they don't re- react anymore. And uh, that's probably the single most effective approach to dealing with, you know, the, you know, the various kinds of anxieties that can happen for dogs around young children. Do you think a dog actually gets depressed or felt like, oh, I've become number two now rather than number one in the house when the baby comes home? And like, for oh, instance, if, absolutely, if, without a doubt, to- without a doubt, without a doubt. If the dog slept with the parents, for instance, and all of a sudden now the dog is on the floor and the baby's in the bed. <laughs> No, it, well, exactly. No, are you, are you, you know, I, I know there's people out there say, oh, dogs don't really feel emotions like people do. That's nonsense. Yeah, they feel just as put out and hurt and, um, 
you know, all the things that we feel, jealous and all that stuff. So that's, you know, that's one of those instances where, you know, if your dog's sleeping in, in bed with you, which I don't necessarily have a problem with, I sleep with my little guy every night, but, um, but, uh, but if you think that's going to become an issue, then you find out you're pregnant, you start easing the dog out. And, find, you know, the more time you have, the easier it is. You know, and initially maybe he's um, at the foot of the bed, then maybe you have a little, you know, some little bench at the foot of the bed, he can start sleeping there, or on a little bed on the side of your bed. You know, you just start easing them out in these tiny little increments that don't take up too much emotional bandwidth in the dog's brain, and by the time, you know, by the time the baby comes, that whole transition's already happened. The, the, the key thing is the dog not associate that transition with the arrival of the baby. If the dog's been out of the bed for two or three months before baby arrives, it's a non-issue. But if he gets, no. like what you just described, kicked out, stay yeah, up, I could definitely, then... I could definitely see that. Mm-hmm. What about an instance, you know, I, I've always said, too, when parents are, when they know the baby's going to be born, you know, your due, your due date, maybe about a month before, oh, I'm sorry, um, before the baby comes home and the baby's born, I always like to recommend that if you got a dirty diaper, bring it home with you first before you bring the baby home. Is that a good suggestion? I don't know about the dirty diaper, but there's all kinds of suggestions like that. You know, bring a blanket home from, you know, a little, little swaddling blanket that smells like Those are all good things to do, but as a piecemeal approach, they don't do much, you know, because the deeper issue is the one that you mentioned. is this emotional sense of getting displaced. Or, you know, sort of fear, like the one I mentioned earlier, fear of being encroached and so forth and so on. So as a, as a part of an approach to preparing a dog for the arrival of a baby, it's certainly not a bad idea. You can do other little things like, you know, carry a fake baby around for a week or two or three even to just get your dog used to the idea that there's just going to be this little object that's going to be getting carried around and placed here and placed there. And, you know, those are all good things to do, but in and of themselves, divorced from a you know, a, a sort of broader strategy, they're probably not going to do that much. I mean, bringing a, you know, a, a poopy diaper home for a dog that's just afraid of, you know, maybe like seven, eight years old, has got some arthritis and is afraid of being touched in rough ways isn't going to do anything. So, you know, I don't know if that does that make Yeah, I'm no, definitely. I'm not trying to be evasive. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I had friends that would go for walk before the baby was born, would go for walks with their dog with the stroller. That way, mm-hmm. when they would take, because they always took their dogs on walks anyway. So before the baby came, they wanted to make sure that their dog could walk with the stroller properly. So they would walk with their dog with an empty stroller around their block so that the dog was used to walking with the stroller before the baby came. So there wasn't like any big <laughs> issues. You know, exactly. And that's, that's, you know, that's a smart move. In fact, I've got a little video I'm going to be putting out on that. It's like all things that you can do. That's a smart move on your friend's, uh, on, on behalf of your friend there. It's, it's um, any of those things that you think might be odd, you introduce them now. So that the day the baby arrives, it's, it's almost a non-event. You know, you kind of, you walk in the door, you show the baby to the dog, you don't make too much of a big deal, and then you just go about the routine that you've already structured for the dog way before the baby arrives, including things like, walking on strollers you know these, that's a smart move what they did it's good too when you bring the baby home at all times keep an eye on the baby around the dog mm-hmm. though right well i'll go i'll go a couple of steps further than that and this is something i kind of bold-faced italicized and, and <laughs> underlined in my book is you should never for any reason under any circumstances leave a dog and a child unsupervised together if the child is 10 years or less I mean, I just, and I mean Good that. Point. Um, you take, you know, I can't, I can tell you any number of horror stories. I don't know how much time we have, but there's this mom turned her head for five seconds. 
it, it takes one second for something to go really wrong. And, no, I um, mean, this is like a total other side of the coin, but we've dealt with it here on the show, that mom with the little boy and the gorilla at the zoo. Yeah. It was a matter of, you know, no time, and all that happened. Right. So just think just what like a dog that. can do. Yeah. Yep. No, so exactly. it's very, very, very true. Well, and so to prepare your dog for that, one of the connected things is because there's going to be times that you want the dog out of the way because moms get tired, they're sleep deprived, they, you know, they're stressed out and all these things. It's important, I think, to create a safe place for the dog that you can either put the dog away when you just need them out of your hair or the kid's going crazy and it's just too much. But the key thing is to make sure that whatever safe place for your dog that you come up with, that the dog doesn't view it as punishment or as a, you know, oh, this stinks, you know, I, uh, just got locked out here now you know so again here, here comes that screaming baby and i get locked up but that rather we create a place that the dog is going to enjoy being and we also we prepare the dog for that you know there's going to be times when you're going to need to be on your own here and i'm going to give you an awesome chewy that you don't usually see at other times and it's good news um you know it's not a laundry room or some kind of dungeon like place but a nice place where your dog can just be out of the way for a while and you train them to tolerate that before the baby comes so you have that strategy available to you. Michael, what do you think about those? Um, I've seen them by different companies have them out there where you put a collar on the dog and it's got the barriers. You put the barriers up at the doorway where the baby's in and the dog won't cross it because it gets a either citron- citronella smell or something of that effect. Um, maybe sometimes it works with sound. Hopefully it doesn't work with shock because I'm against those. But um, you know, in that instance, though, people might use something like that. Do you recommend that or no? Well, I mean, I suppose in a pinch, but I mean, if one has to resort to, a, you know, sort of equipment like that, it means it's a substitute for not having done, you know, the relatively simple work of just teaching the dog to stay out of particular rooms. I mean, it's just not that hard to teach a dog to stay out of a room. So, and again, in the book, there's, um, you know, part of the strategy with respect to the baby's room is that you teach the dog initially that whatever room is going to be your nursery you teach the dog initially before the baby comes you stay out of that room you don't get to go in there and there's various things you can do to test and spoof the dog against that right um once that's been established as the baseline the next thing you do is you teach the dog okay you can come in with me together in a very controlled way and the only thing you do in that room is go over there lie on the little bed and this you know the presumption here is that mommy's going to nurse in that room or whatever and that the dog can have a nice little bed to lie down on next to mom nursing, but that's the only context in which the dog is allowed in that room. And that's just not that hard to set up. So if you're having to use, you know, equipment like that, it just it's a shortcut that can have sort of you know unintended consequences. Right. And it's a shortcut for doing you know for just doing some not that complex work, which one should have done, I think. Well, Michael, a lot of work can be done by people reading your book, and they can get the answers in there. Good dog, happy baby, preparing your dog for the arrival of your child by Michael Wambacher. Michael, thanks for joining us on the program in these segments and um, for the information that you gave us and putting out a great book because I highly recommend it when it comes to children, of course. So uh, congratulations, and it's put out by New World Library. You can find it in bookstores. You can find it online or um, go to gooddoghappybaby.com for more information as well or my website, talkingpets.com. Michael, thanks for joining us here in this segment. Great pleasure, and have a great weekend. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to you and your audience. Thanks very much. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Thanks, thanks Michael. That's Michael Wambacher, the author of Good Dog, Happy Baby. If you're going to have a child or you've got kids in the house, go get this book. Good Dog, Happy Baby. Highly recommend it. Michael Wambacher. And if you call right now, the book is yours. 844-305-7800. 844-305-7800. This is... 
Talking Pets. Give us a call, 844-305-7800. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free, and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio Talk and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Flamingo dies after attack by Bush Gardens guests. With a Talking Pets Radio News Brief, I'm Lexi Lab. The man arrested for slamming Pinky the Flamingo to the ground at Bush Gardens this week has a violent past with animals and people. Joseph Anthony Carrero, 45, was arrested after witnesses told police that Carrero violently picked Pinky up while at a Bush Gardens at while Bush Gardens with his family and then slammed the bird down, causing such severe injuries that she had to be euthanized the following day. That was not the first time Carrero was arrested for animal cruelty. In 2013, Carrero was arrested and convicted of animal cruelty after he shot and killed his neighbor's two dogs. Carrero was sentenced to two years in prison for the crime. Carrero has lengthy criminal record. He was he was convicted of possession of cocaine and drug paraphernalia, battery and domestic violence, burglary, three DUIs within a five-year period, and aggravated assault on a person 65 years or older. Crow made his first court appearance in front of a judge, and his bond was set to $5,000. Make sure you find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Talking Pets Radio. Reporting from Talking Pets Radio, I'm Lexi Lab. Nowadays, all I see is blood. Recur back, is another deep cut. made of innocence, she jumps off our fellow friends. When will the strong uplift the weak again? How many more have to die? We can make a change, let's unite And save a life What in the world has gone wrong? It's tearing us, tearing us to pieces Is this what we stand for? Speak for the silent, fight for the wounded No longer hiding Can't you hear the silent cries? The violence, no more denying Thousands are dying Can't you hear the silent cries? Have to 
And you're listening to Talking Pets. Once again, I'm John Patch. Dr. O. I'm Lexi Lab. You heard about that the flamingo over at Bush Gardens? Oh, yeah, it's terrible. I saw that it died. I didn't realize that it it was like, murdered. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I thought that it just, like, passed away. And they're like, oh, like, one of the famous flamingos. I, I had no idea because I didn't, like, read, like, the whole story. You know, it's amazing, though, too. It's like, with everything that you see in the news, animal, non-animal, humans, I mean, it seems like the system is so broken um i mean the thing is bush gardens is being attacked right now because of the flamingos and i don't remember um if they were able to come that close whenever i was over there um do you remember i don't think they were so close i mean you can see them behind the um yeah they had it they had it roped off or fenced off but i didn't think they were uh, able to come right up to the fence no um were they i mean there's a pond but the birds, for as far as I remember, and I've gone since I was like five or younger, it's always been the birds are pretty much free reign. Because even like there are peacocks that walk around on the ground right next to you. I mean, whenever you go by the pink flamingos, a lot of they're all standing in the water and they're all a distance away. But the field itself, there's a huge field that goes to the pond. But I think with Pinky, though, I think Pinky was used as an ambassador, to my understanding, and according to your story. So Pinky yeah. was more familiar with humans. Oh, I see. So he's so just So I think closer. Pinky kind of came because, up. But I think... Cause I, just came up to the wrong person. Because I think that a lot of them even walk with the trainers and stuff, and then you could, like, walk over, and they, like, are like, oh, yeah, this is the pink flamingo. Because a lot... I see the trainers out with birds a lot when I go there. Like, they'll have either the bigger birds on their shoulders or the ones that walk up next to them. And The thing that gets me, though, whether animal or human, is when you see everything that comes up about, about it. But, I mean, what about the crime that was committed? I mean... They don't. I mean, the end results are the end results. Whatever happens. I mean, Lord forbid somebody pulled out a gun and killed this guy that was killing Pinky. Could yeah, could have yes. happened. But then people would look at that person. Oh, granted, shouldn't have had a gun, nor should have shot anybody. Exactly. But I mean, that would have came up, of course, rather than looking at the fact that this guy committed a crime to begin with. I mean, he was killing a bird. But what if that was a child? Um, you know, or that aspect. Look, Look at the exactly. crime that's been. These people are not innocent if they're committing a crime in the first place. Whether we it's stealing a car, sh- shooting someone, record. or whatever. Yeah. Three DUIs in a five year right. period and assault. He had like domestic. He had, I don't think domestic violence, but he had the assault on a sixty five year old or sixty five year old. No, it's crazy. And, I uh, mean, you, you got to kind of wonder about the system, though. And, and people history. are not getting people are not getting easier to be around these days. Yes, animal cruelty <laughs> history too. So you know, yeah. it has quite the record. Right. Well, once once again, if you have a thought on that, we welcome it in, 844-305-7800. But I do have a couple of books to give away. We were talking with Michael Wambacher, and I think if you have a baby at home or you're bringing a baby at home or you know somebody that's bringing a baby home, this is a good book to give to them. I think they would really appreciate it. So if you don't need it, maybe someone you know does. And I have a couple to give away. So call right now, and we'll give you a copy of the book, Compliments of Michael, and, of course, New World Library. And the book is Good Dog, Happy Baby. Good Dog, Happy Baby. It's great advice on there. And there's good advice to read about in here, uh, which will help you along the way on what to do before the baby comes home and when the baby's there. So call right now and the books are yours. We've got three to give away, so call right now, 844-305-7800, 844-305-7800. Don't have to come on air with this if you don't wish. Um, you could just call up and tell Ben you want the book. Good dog, happy baby, and it's yours. 
Were you worried, Lexi, when you brought home um, Carson? I was. I mean, you have a little dog. Yeah, I have a dachshund. And I was worried because when I was born, my parents had had a toy poodle. And that toy poodle was like their baby. And then when I was born, the dog started nipping at me and barking at me and didn't like me to the point where they ended up having to rehome it. And so I was nervous because I, and before that, he was a really great dog. And that's how Rosie is, our dachshund. And she's such a great dog and so sweet and so nice that I was nervous that she would turn and not be a great dog and not be nice. And she actually is doing awesome and she loves the baby. So I think they need to bring out a good cat, happy baby. You know, <laughs> you know how kid, uh, cats are? I mean, cats are very inquisitive and. You know how kids he, are when they grab a cat's tail or something like that. Oh, yeah, because he, he loves Mordecai, which is my cat, and he grabs his fur. And right. he, but he pets him, too, but he grabs his fur, and I tell I would discipline him just as I would discipline the cat if he went too far. Well, pick up the phone, give us a call, 844-305-7800, if you'd like a complimentary copy of the, uh, the uh, book, Good Dog, Happy Baby. It's uh, Preparing Your Dog for the Arrival of Your Child by Michael Wambacher. Spay and neuter your pets, help control that pet population. If you're looking to adopt a pet, go to your local animal shelter or your rescue group and get one from there. I'm John Patch. Dr. O. I'm Lexi Lapp. And we thank you for joining us in this hour Talking Pets. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.